0: And here we go. Today on the phone, we have Kathy Flett, the Alberta leader of the Provincial Wexit Party. Kathy, thank you so much for making the time to be here today.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Kathy, where are we at with Wexit? What stage of events are we at?
1: With the Wexit Alberta right now, I am the interim leader of Wexit Alberta. So just sort of the leader in standing right now until we become an official political party, which is exactly what we're working towards. That's why we're grabbing all these signatures and doing these information rallies, making sure we're getting out to different communities. And once we are officially a party, well, then we'll, we'll we'll make sure to do all that we need to do to get um, a leadership race going, to get our membership all involved, constituency offices all over the province. There's a ton of work to be done, a ton of work to be done.
0: How many signatures do we have for the provincial party so far, and how many more do we need?
1: I'm not, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but from what I understand, I believe we're at about 2,000, and we need, comfortably, we need 8,000.
0: Okay, so we're a ways off. Yeah. And if people want to sign up, how do they do that?
1: The best way is at the rallies that we're having. And now we're going to the smaller communities, so you don't have to feel like you need to come all the way to Edmonton, Red Deer, or Calgary. Um, we've also got some representatives in different communities that have got the sign-up sheets. So usually the best way that you can find out where those people are is is just get on the uh, either the vote wexit page or wexit alberta and say hey this is where i'm from who's got who's got one of these sheets i want to sign up and and help get this party started literally
0: can can we do it with electronic signature or does yeah. it have to be on paper
1: has to be ink on paper
0: are yeah. you going to put uh, t- together a group of door knockers
1: exactly that's what's going to start to happen and so January is a really, a really exciting month for Wex at Alberta, because that's when we're going to see a lot of activity that people have been waiting for and, and wanting, rightfully so. And that will be the door knocking that starts. it will be the constituency offices that are that are put together. So you'll have somewhere physical to, to go to. Um, that's when you're going to start seeing a platform. A, a, a solid platform coming out, and a constitution that's going to be presented, and uh, just to give give some more stability, some more foundation to this whole thing. And so, just keep um, keep connected, specifically through through the Facebook pages, to see what's going on in your neighborhood and in your area.
0: Do any of the constitu- constituencies have riding associations yet?
1: Nope, none of them do yet. We're still in very much in the infancy of that and trying to um, do everything that we can to identify who in those neighborhoods is, is ready, is, is wanting to step up and, and help make that happen. So if that's you, uh, reach out and get in touch with us.
0: So how do they reach out? Say if somebody wants to be uh, a writing association president and put together a writing association, how do they get a hold of you?
1: The best way to do that right now is to go through info at com, email there, and in the subject line, say specifically what it is you're looking to do.
0: Is there a, so middle, so we know. Is there a middle ground for Wexit? A lot of people are, are saying, well, yeah, I'd like us to be more independent and have more self-determination, but all the way to separation, well, I'm not too sure about that. What if uh, Alberta, because of, of Wexit, gets an inferno wall as Peter calls it. So mm-hmm. a very, very hardy firewall. We have access to tide water um, and they balance the Senate. Would that be enough?
1: I don't think so. Um, first of all, I, I don't think anybody in the Eastern side of this has any intention of balancing anything because why would they, they hold the power and they're not going to want to give that up. And Furthermore, even if we had all of that in place, that would be fine. But then another government comes in and they find some other way to, to make a mess of Alberta as what's happened ever since 1905. So to my, way, to my way of thinking, if Alberta is going to be the strong place to live, home that we know it can be, our only option is, is to just say, you know what, I think, I think we're good to the rest of Canada and, and we'll take it from here ourselves.
0: A lot of people think it's just because of access to tidewater for pipelines. What are the other factors that are driving the separatist urge?
1: That's really just a a piece of the puzzle. The other part of course, is these, these transfer payments that we hear so much about and, and they for good reason that, that that's an issue here. Alberta has been in a four going on five year recession. And yet somehow we're still paying into this while other provinces are enjoying a surplus, but still getting money from this equalization program. It's, it's not designed to be fair towards us at all. So that's, a, that's one big reason. And yeah, like you mentioned, the other one is pipelines. I, I think outside of all of that, the greatest reason is Albertans are just, we're kind of done being looked on as second class citizens in our own country.
0: So what are some of the factors that that you think that are having Albertans feel like second class citizens?
1: Uh, The news coverage that we get isn't favorable. The people who want to shut down our industries without first researching what exactly goes on around here and how amazing all of our industries are tells us, well, you know, if you want to take away our lifestyle, I guess you kind of don't care about us or you don't want to learn about what, what we're doing and and how innovative we are, how forward thinking we are, then that tells us you don't really care. You just want our money.
0: One of the <laughs> things, one of the conversations that keeps popping up, Kathy, is how complex it's going to be, and that we're biting off more than we can chew. A lot of people are thinking. What's your answer to that?
1: Uh, that I would disagree that we're biting off more than we can chew. Uh, this is very doable. I, I've I've spoken with. A lot of academics who say, yes, Kathy, you can do this. But all of them say, you better be ready to work because it's going to be a long road. It's going to be hard. Um, there's a lot to do. And getting this Alberta party going, that is just the beginning. It's really just the beginning. It's just the means to the end goal. The at Alberta side, we've, we've got a, a country to build. We we've got to figure out currency. We've got to figure out banking. We've got to figure out what kind of government structure we want to operate under. We've got to figure out different trade relations with other countries. It's it's monstrous, but it's doable. And I think we have a responsibility to the next generations to to make it happen.
0: Is there a middle ground? Is there something other than separation that would satisfy Albertans or at least the Wexiteers? Uh,
1: those involved in Wexit myself included would say no no there's there's no middle ground and and I made that very very clear in red Deer this weekend that this is to me it, its independence or or bust basically um, but there are still some in in Alberta who they've got family maybe in other provinces or they've moved here from other provinces. And so there's still that connection and that loyalty. And I, I understand that. I appreciate that. Um, but at the same time, I, I, we really need to, to come together, get the right information, get the, the real information and education about what could, what it could mean if we stay and how that's a much more dangerous outcome than Anything we'll have to go through to be able to be independent.
0: Let's pretend uh, Wexit is successful. It's five years from now. We are now an independent nation, and all the bugs are worked out. What does that look
1: like? Oh, it looks exciting. Um, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The first thing, you know, this is the stuff that that I I think about at night before I fall asleep. Like, what is this going to look like? And we're going to have, like, (sighs) whatever day that lands on the calendar, you know, that will be our birthday, we get a brand new birthday to new, celebrate a new independence all, day exactly right that all that just to really make sure that that we acknowledge everything and everybody that went into getting us there and um, and celebrate that I, I see i see a lot of freedom on the other side of that where we're now we're free to make our own decisions we're free to make our own um agreements with other countries we're free to build a freaking pipeline if we want to build a pipeline we're free to sell our grain at the proper price rather than being told what we're going to sell it for i see a, a country where our kids are free to go to school and learn rather than being inundated with all sorts of social stuff like they're just kids let them be kids and and let the adults worry about the adult stuff um I see a country where where anybody who wants to can succeed because there the, so many of the barriers are going to be taken away, and and a lot of those barriers are going to be around taxes. It's going to be expensive at first, of course it is. And you, anybody who's in business, you know, when you first start something up, it costs money. But I see. It being so we're at that five year mark, just say, and then and then we look at five years after that. So now we're 10 years down the road and our kids or our grandkids are now entering the workforce. They're ready to go. They've got their whole futures and none of them have to be concerned about sitting in a 40 percent tax bracket because we don't need it. Like it's just the sky is the limit. It's, I don't even know if we're going to be able to completely wrap our heads around how awesome it's going to be until we get there.
0: So you're seeing that there's going to be more net in the pocket, less taxes, yeah. and better social services.
1: Is that- Absolutely. Absolutely. I see us being the place that people come to for health care because we'll have the, the innovation and all of the advancements that are needed without having to be bogged down with all the red tape that's there now. I see us being a place where people come to get their education, where it's our universities are sought after because the red tape that's there now is gone and people can actually go and, and learn the things that they want to learn and then be able to take that back to wherever their home countries are. I see a place where people want to come and, and contribute And be a part of us and build a future with us rather than just feed off of us where where it's a privilege and an honor to be here, Um, not just, you know, oh, good, another cash cow to pay my rent kind of a thing. I, I I really see a future where that Alberta pride is back and that Alberta culture of hard work, get in the ground, dig it up. And, and better your, yourself and your family for it is back. And that's why I, I really don't see that staying is going to help us get there.
0: Over the last four years, there's been an um, outpouring of Albertans leaving Alberta and going back to their province of origin, Newfoundland, yeah. Ontario, B.C. As the opportunities dried up, uh, people went back to their roots. Mm-hmm. Now, an independent Alberta as uh, investment starts pouring in again we become a safe place to do business and develop our resources and export our resources and become a pound for pound superpower right now we're about 4 million, four and a half million.
1: Yeah, you, I think we're at four and a
0: half. When the uh, rest of the country starts pouring in and wanting to live here and move here. And there's already people saying that.
1: <laughs> yep. I know. I know.
0: There's already people saying that, uh, what do you see us topping out at as uh, for a population in this province?
1: You know what? That's really going to depend on the people that are here. If, if we pull together and make this place a viable future for people, well then sure, come on in. Um, If we don't continue to grow and we, we, for whatever reason, decide to stagnate ourselves, like what we're at, what's being done to us right now then the population growth isn't going to be that huge the one thing uh that that i'm personally uh, i won't speak for all of wexit because we don't have all the policy and everything in place but something that that i'm going to to be advocating for is that when it comes time for people to want to move to to our country of alberta to our new alberta it's got to be for a reason that, that that first of all that there's something here for you to come to. So there's a job, there's a business opportunity, there's, there's something. Um, And the second part of that is that that person knows that's why they're coming. So as long as people are coming here, as they have done historically from these other provinces to work, to, um, to then enjoy the fruits of their labor, come on in and, and we'll see what happens. We'll see how many show up and, all these bright minds will will think together and we'll just keep, um, keep working together to build that future.
0: I could see an independent Alberta getting up to 10 million pretty darn quick. Probably. The city of Paris, France, is 16 million, and that's just one city. Yeah. So surely to God, uh, our province can fit quite a few more, which would be a heck of a boom to all of the construction industry, commercial and uh, residential.
1: Correct, correct. And on top of that... To make sure that we have got the structure in place to to take in those people, right? So, I mean, it's weird to think about, but they're going to have to go through uh, through an immigration process into Alberta. Before, you just got on a plane, you showed your driver's license, and then you went, right? So now there'd be an, an immigration process. So we have to make sure that we've got the right people in place to to go through all those applications so that those who have got maybe some nefarious reasons for wanting to come into our country are stopped before it even gets started.
0: It looks like it would be a heck of an opportunity to revitalize small town Alberta as well. There's so many beautiful little towns that uh, are dying. They're all dying really. There's, There's not too many that are vibrant. They all seem to be waning. So, uh, Controlling the, the influx and say, look, uh, you got to live in Nanton. If you're, if you're coming in, you want to be a, um, a citizen of the Republic of Western Canada or whatever we're going to call it mm-hmm. Republic of Buffalo, whatever. Um, it's like you got to spend five years in Nanton. And that's what we have done with other immigration policies over the years mm-hmm. and would be a great way to um, really pick and choose who's coming in and, and revitalize all of our communities.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. As long as there's something in that community for them to come to, right? So for example, if we've got a doctor coming in, but um, Drayton Valley already has enough doctors, well, then it wouldn't make sense for them to go to Drayton Valley. Like we just would need to make sure we do it smart Mm -hmm. so that it's a real win-win for everybody.
0: At your your speech in Red Deer, you were talking about how in the constitution, Quebec will always have an advantage—an advantage over Alberta or the West. I was hoping you could expand on that.
1: Yeah. So the way that it's it's written, the constitution is a rec- incredibly interesting document, and in there are a bunch of acts, and one of the acts is called the Alberta Act, and in that piece of paper that's within the constitution, it flat out says that. Quebec will always have 65 more seats than we do. And then there's a formula that as we add seats, because of our population, they automatically get to add seats. So we'll always be at a disadvantage.
0: And that's just between Alberta and Quebec? Yeah. When was the Alberta Act? Uh, and do you know where in the Act it, it says that off the top of your head?
1: Not off the top of my head. Um there's a whole bunch of sections that were in it, but it was, it, it's got to be like right, right in, in when we were brought in to Confederation, that that's when they.
0: Sorry for putting you on the spot. I was just,
1: yeah, uh, I can send uh, it to you. Uh, I looked uh, it up. I can send it to you. Sure.
0: Just, just for the audience to um, be able to tune in and check it out. But yeah, uh, people can check out the Alberta Act themselves. And do you just Google that? Or is it a, in a provincial archive that people can publicly access?
1: I just Googled it.
0: Just Google it, the Alberta yeah. Act?
1: You betcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was 1905.
0: So no matter what we do, Quebec will always have more power than us, regardless of the population disparity. Yep. No matter what.
1: No matter what. Unless they agree to pull it open and revamp it, but I can't see that happening. No,
0: that's just human nature. People never give up power.
1: No, they don't.
0: You have to take it. You have to fight for it. It is never, ever handed. It's just not the way it works.
1: Well, that's the thing. And it's sad. I wish it was different, but, you know, it isn't. So what do you do?
0: So you're in charge of Wexit Provincial. You are the lady, the lady with the plan. Uh, Yeah. And uh, there is a federal Wexit, and there's a lot of, uh, in the internet, Internet chat rooms and whatnot, Uh, a lot of people, federal, that's just stupid. Why would you do that? It's a waste of time.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Why is there a federal Wexit?
1: Um, There's a federal Wexit because Peter saw that as an opportunity to be able to put allies in the House of Commons for the whole Wexit movement. And so his, his goal with Wexit Canada is to be able to get MPs, in each of the ridings of the Western provinces and as uh, as by-elections come up then have those MPs run and then they would of course have seats within the House of Commons and then when it comes time for us to have the referendum uh, we, would, we would have people right there in the House of Commons voting in our favour rather than not because at the end of the day the federal government could make this very miserable for us if they want to. Um, I hope that they choose not to do that, but they could. And then when it comes time also to negotiate all of the the terms of our leaving, we'll want someone in there as well. So that was the reason for the WEX at Canada.
0: Well, Kathy, I think that's about it. Uh, is Is there any FAQs that we've missed that you are hearing all the time that we haven't covered?
1: the thing that we're hearing all the time right now is it, it's not so much an FAQ but sort of a when right people want a timeline and i want to give them that timeline i just don't have it i don't have it yet it, so that's that is what we're working on it's 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 being done and created right now it's it's hard to see right because there's meetings going on behind the scenes but there's a big one happening this sunday um, And then there'll be more that come from that. And so just stay tuned and follow me if you want to keep track of the stuff that I can share with you. The best way to do that is either on LinkedIn, just connect with me, Kathy Flett, on LinkedIn or on Facebook. I started a blog page to share some of this information with you. And um, that's just at uh, if you just put in there at uh, Interim Leader Wex at Alberta, you'll be able to find me.
0: And, of course, we will have continued updates on the Mikey Show podcast. Awesome. Kathy Flint, thank you for joining us today to stay on the line uh, after I do the outro. Sounds
1: good.
0: You are listening to the Mikey Show podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And share, share like the sugar bear, because sharing is caring.